son of a bitch. Hello, Craig. Craig. Oh, hi. How are you? It's been a while, Craig. It's been a while with you guys. How's it been? Everyone alive Good. since the last time we recorded? It's been still, going, yeah. I just got done with vacation. Still dying. Not dead. Feel re- well rested. <laughs> Feel well work. rested. We did a well, we just did a long rest, is what we did. Uh-huh. Yeah, the longest yes. of rests. A really long rest, like a mu- two months long. A rest. very <laughs> extremely awesomely nice rest that I needed. But we're back now. And we're, uh, today we're going to talk fully about. energized. Fully energized. We're going to talk about Baldur's Gate 3. I know we're a little behind the curve. Baldur's. We are and we aren't. They're still We're talking about mechanics. about it. Oh, well, yeah, people are still talking about it. It was huge. This is great. It, it's a yeah. good game. I have not played that much of it, so this is a you guys thing. But I, there is one mechanic that I think should definitely come over from Baldur's Gate into the real okay. game. The camping. The camped. The, <laughs> the food, the camp, everything about it. Because I was talking to Joe about this after Monday's, uh, our last Monday session. What is the dome called? What's the actual spell called? Uh, Liam's uh, tiny, tiny hut. Yes. The tiny hut ruins travel. <laughs> There's some ways you can get around if you want to. If you want it to not ruin it can be travel, fun. You can have it not. It can be really useful. I'm not saying banish the tiny hut, but I am saying that being able to put that thing up and just sleep in it every night makes it completely boring. And two, honestly, in your campaign, I don't think we'd all fit at all. (laughs) There is not a chance in hell we all fit in a 10-foot round circle. I'm nine and a half foot tall. We talked about it on the He's thing. A big it's like those, those tents that say they sleep eight, but they actually sleep two. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> We'd be crammed in that thing. It, it sleeps eight people in the triangle shape. If we're all standing yeah. up, wedging our heads together at the peak and sleeping yeah. standing up. It's got like, yeah, it's got little things attached to the to the dome ceiling that you can like lay in. Yeah. You imagine walking up on that tent and you like open it up and you see people just standing there. And sleeping. You're like, what As you were. All right. People standing in a circle. Honked out. Anyways, yeah, the camping. And I, I think that like not that I not that I completely dislike how long it takes us to get long rest, but being able to set up a nice enough camp to get a long rest would be nice. And it would also allow us to move further away from cities. And not and, be afraid. And of- the system the system in Baldur's Gate is really nice also because it's a simplified thing. We're, we're like if we were gathering materials as we went, food and things like that. We could put that in a in like a central storage. Someone could carry it. Me probably because I'm huge, but I can carry it. And in the other campaign, Saren could carry it. And then we'd every night we'd have to have some food or whatever to get a long rest if we yeah. wanted to get a long rest. It would, it would gather materials it to be able to take a long rest outside of a city. It would be Here. fun to be able to go. We're gonna go on a three month long journey where we're camping every night. You can't get a long rest every night, but... We still get long rest. (laughs) You can totally get a long rest. As was described, you can get... um, In most... At least in the one that I'm running, I just said that like in most cases, 
not in, not in this particular one because it's you're like you were in a blizzard the whole time. But in most cases, if you sit in the same spot for a full thirty six hours, especially if you've got a dome that you can put up for the eight hours, makes a couple it times, boring. Then you could you could get a long rest, but it's just you know the tower is the tower is more interesting than the dome because at so, least the tower has character. <laughs> so like, here's the thing I don't like something. about the the supply management. All right, <laughs> it's just another thing you got to keep know, track of. Like in like in Baldur's Gate, it's fine because like yeah. the com- the computer keeps track of all that. And like, oh yeah. look at that, I got plenty. Yeah, but like in a in a in a in tabletop a campaign, I feel like I would be the only one trying to pay attention to that, and I don't want to pay attention to that. That is not fun. <laughs> Because if we if we implement if we implemented it and I was like okay but you guys got to take care of it at least one point you guys would be like uh I don't know <laughs> and I'd be like whatever take your long rest yeah and that eliminates the point of it <laughs> true true I need to I, we need to just uh, I'll find a program that can manage it for me I'm sure there is one <laughs> it, there is it's called pen I, and paper and keeping track but no one no, wants to I'm it's I'm, saying, <laughs> I'm saying I bet there is a web a web server web software that could do it for you. God. At that point, just go play a video game. Yeah. <laughs> you won't even have to worry about nothing. What are you talking about? We basically do play a video game. Our character sheets are digital. We play on Tailspire and we use the internet to stream our faces to each other. We are already playing a video game, my guy. Uh, okay. I mean, mean, there's an argument there, I guess, but it's not. And it's also, obviously not the and same. Also, if you're talking about extra things to manage, it shouldn't be that big of a deal now since computers are managing the entire game for us, basically, besides notes. We don't have to update our character sheets. We don't have to keep track of our skills. We could just, oh, oh let me search that. That's why no one remembers anything anymore, goddammit. <laughs> no one actually has to know what's on their character sheet. Uh, I don't know about that. I remember all my stuff. Yeah, I, I, I remember too. all my stuff very easily. There, like, if there's a weird rule, then I mean that that happens whether you have a computer or not, and it's just either are you making a ruling out without knowing, or can you look it up real quick? I know, but we're like we're we're ninety percent of the way there. Is adding, <laughs> not that I really care about the inventory management <laughs> thing. I more care about the camping part of it. But would it really matter to add one more tab that just does that? <laughs> Considering all the other stuff we're already... I look like I'm... When we play D&D, it looks like I'm at a command center. (laughs) I have like a three-panel thing with my character sheet in the middle, chat on the left, and our faces on the right, and then on my main screen, I have the game. It looks ridiculous. (laughs) Hey, you can get rid of one real quick. Cut that chat out. I can't. Gone. I don't have Uh, one up. I never look at it. I don't look at chat. Well, I have been because it's like it's a smaller window now on my thing, but I often miss it because I'm like I just use I use an app of Chatterino, but we're way off topic now. Yeah, Joe called it. (laughs) All right, camping. I just want nicer camping. It was nice to talk about how I was setting up my camp on Monday. I'll say that. Well, I mean, you can still do that. I know. I'm not going to stop you from doing that. The dome. Let's just put up the dome. The dome. And everyone just sits in the dome. Well, there, we don't have to. I know. It's nice. We got to <laughs> stop doing that. I'm suggesting they can. Stop doing I'm it. saying they can. And you can just go, I'm going to make a camp. I am. This dome is time. way too small for me because I'm huge. I'm because going I'm huge. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm freaking You don't huge. have to I'm not conform to the party completely. <laughs> I need a. Uh... Be yourself. 
be my Get into character. I'm going to dig that hole. I feel like it's especially justified where you guys are right now. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but how, okay. So talking about, well, first of all, I do want to say that Baldur's Gate has come the closest to what I think is like just the best game in the fact that it is the closest to a like choose your own adventure game that is that I've seen. Yeah. Uh, deep. Always wanted a video game that does that. And it's just, I mean, the you way I want it is not possible. <laughs> you just because, didn't have D&D. Yeah. It, it, like D&D is the only way to get it because it's a human that is behind the, the story at every yeah. step of the way. So if something unexpected happens, the DM can roll with it. Whereas an, yeah. a computer that with something already programmed, it's like, Nope, you, you suck. <laughs> He kills you like, oh, great. <laughs> so Baldur's Gate is great. Uh, yeah, it's a great game. 10 out of 10. So it's as good as Divinity 2 and Divinity 2 was like incredible. Yeah, well, I haven't played through that one, but I've heard good things. Speaking of rests, how do you like the way that they did? We already talked about long rest. How do you like the way they did short rests? I love the fact that you get two. I, I love that they narrow it down. You get two short rests a day. That's it. Unless you got a bard. And you get three. <laughs> but that makes sense. If you have yeah. a character that can do that for you in D&D, I think that would work too. But yeah, to narrowing it down to being like, that way you're not in a dungeon going, all right, we got done with this fight. Let's take a short rest. All right, we got done with the fight. Let's take a short rest. Because you wouldn't be able to do that. You would have things coming after you. and Yeah. Which, I mean. Bar the doors, take a nap. It's just, it's too much, too much napping. When you can do I that every like fight. It. I don't know. I think I think that for the tabletop version, the way it is, is fine. I do like the way that they implemented it for a video game. Yeah. Because, like, really going, oh, I'm under short rest for an hour. The The long rest actually threw me the first time I did it in Baldur's Gate. I was like, because I was thinking, like, tabletop. I'm like, can we sleep here? It looks like, are those goblins over there going to come mess with us? No, you <laughs> just, just go to camp. Sleep here, and you hit long rest, and suddenly you're in a different place, and you're like, oh, we just set up a camp here. Great. Yeah, yeah you could be like sneaking <laughs> right behind a boss and, and go, I'm going to take long a rest. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we you should pop do. back up fully rested right behind a guy going, oh. <laughs> and he hasn't moved. It's great. Uh, Perfect. <laughs> Can I start saves coming in our actual game? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, you can't. <laughs> We're about to fight the dragon. I want to. I want to drop every, a quick save right, right here. TPKs save. get one. You get one. One a set. One a. Uh, if, a game if you game. roll, a, if you roll a wizard and you get to max level, then you can make a spell that save called scum. save scum. And it, yeah. it takes you. You as you hit a spot, you go. I'm casting save scum here. It's a ninth level spell. Yeah. And then in 15 minutes, if you don't say a command word, it takes everybody back to that. Back point. to that start. That'd be perfect. <laughs> That'd be the most OP spell ever. That's awesome. That's, if that's I so if cool. I roll a wizard and get to to light ninth level spells, I'm totally gonna try that on whatever DM I have. That's freaking amazing. Uh, I love that idea. Actually, that would be <laughs> incredible. I can imagine you're like, all right, big boss fight, here it comes, and you play this whole thing out, and you go, uh, and how long has it been in campaign? Like ten minutes? Okay, in five, we all go back. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what? That uh, that fight took us two Here, sessions. Here's Here's the backfire, right? <laughs> 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 
Oh man. Here's the backfire is you go, you said it. And then we end the session and we come back two weeks later, three weeks Victorious. later. Victorious. Nothing, nothing went wrong. And you forget no, about the command yeah, word. You forget, exactly. You forget. We finished the fight and he goes, by the way, <laughs> your spell is active. You're all ripped backwards 15 minutes and <laughs> start again. <laughs> no. I have, a feel, I have a feeling in our group that wouldn't happen. <laughs> That's, I love like that, that idea, though. I really like that idea. <laughs> Tape scum spell. Uh, That's the Baldur's Gate. That's the true Baldur's Gate addition to D&D 5. Yeah. Yeah, really. That would um, make for an epic conclusion to a campaign. That's for damn sure. <laughs> you could try you all die. But then suddenly. <laughs> especially, especially if you set it up with your DM like, hey, I'm casting this right before we go in. And I don't want anyone to know. So if we die, just in case. <laughs> we get a round two. When you die, is it instant so or does it do you have to stay dead for an extra fifteen minutes? <laughs> no, I think it's if I think it's the I think the way I would try to make it work would be like fifteen minutes from the end of the casting. And it wouldn't be an, an action to oh. cast. It would be like a minute or so to cast. And then fifteen minutes from the end of that cast, if you haven't canceled it. There has to be a there has to be a backfire to this. And the backfire is if you go down, if you die, it goes off. That could be that. That's that's the balance, right? Because if you die for some reason in the middle of the fight, we all have to start over. <laughs> <laughs> you better keep him alive if it's looking good. <laughs> you get uh, by a one hit mechanic. We all anyway, have to start over. Yeah, that's that's the best <laughs> addition from Baldur's Gate. Yeah, we're doing. Um, so a big thing in Baldur's Gate is you can you can cast more than one leveled spell per round. Yeah. So this is a thing that I've thought about and I don't, I mean, I realize that in Baldur's Gate, they limit the amount of spells that you have. Yeah, you don't have quite the pool. So it's not as, it's not combat. nearly as big a deal. Uh, but you can still, like, as a sorcerer, cast a bunch of fireballs in one turn, which is a little broken. I think that, I think that if you wanted to implement that into 5e, it would have to be one of those things where it's limited to first level spells only. Because once you go past that, you can start comboing spells together in a way that would just 100% break the game. Yeah. Three fireballs in one round. What survives that? And if it does survive it, it's like, it's a crisp and it's standing in the corner. And all you have to go do is go over there and touch them and they fall to ash. (laughs) That's kind of a thing that they did in uh, campaign one of critical role because they had poured it over from uh, Pathfinder. Yeah. And they just had a house rule. I don't know how it was in Pathfinder, but they had a house rule that you could you could cast if you cast a leveled spell, uh-huh. uh you could cast another leveled spell, but only level one or lower. That'd, or level yeah. one or cantrip. That'd be fine. I think you could extend it up to level one, but you wouldn't want to go past that. Yeah, which I think maybe something we try. I don't know. I kinda like it, but it's I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to do some thinking about it. I'll use wish. I wish that I could use other spells. <laughs> roll that dice <laughs> roll that percentile dice you, that's, that's okay uh, we're gonna get off topic here real quick I'm just gonna start wishing for rule changes I wish <laughs> I <could> never die <laughs> I wish that my money was worth twice the amount it is <laughs> just my money no one else's, no one else's. I, wish, I wish everyone would just give me whatever I asked for Hey man, I want that sandwich over there, dude. That looked good. Oh, here you go. All right, here. 
He didn't do it. Anyways, what were you saying? Uh, it was just, yeah, the leveled spells thing. I don't think I. That's the thing that I think. Oh, okay, so again, I think that the the balancing issue comes from having the plethora of spells in the tabletop game. In in Baldur's Gate, like there's only so many spells you can choose from, which is, like I said, as a sorcerer, that it's limited. still unbalanced. But yeah. with having like generally only one action and one bonus action, there are exceptions, but that's that that also helps to balance it. Um, but like. So that makes casters very strong in the game. So the way that makes, they, they yeah, feel like they balance that for, for martial classes is like through the different elixirs and stuff. Yeah. There's some elixirs that are bonkers. Like you can take, I think there's like a potion of speed, which is kind of like haste. And then there's a, a elixir of bloodlust, which like gives you an extra action if you kill somebody. In you know turn. what the biggest difference between Baldur's Gate and any of our campaigns is? loot that was gonna be my thing (laughs) that's what i wanted to talk about getting elixirs and stuff that sounds awesome where are they (laughs) it's i mean it's it's all balanced things right i know yeah if you start handing out elixirs to your players this is how we start learning how to get it right you start giving it to us and then we casually get harder and harder and harder until we find a good point yeah i i mean I feel like again the way that they balance it in a video game, the 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 mother of all balancers in a video game is save scum. (laughs) Like, oh, there was that really really ridiculously hard. You can just try again. In in a tabletop game, that doesn't happen, right? So you have to be fairly cognizant of of balance, and you can't make it to where like all your players are gods at level two because they've got all these items. I don't think that. I think at first. Because we don't know how to balance it yet. At first, you go, I'm throwing cupcakes and slowly going <laughs> further and further and further. That way, you can, that way, we all learn how to find a, a good balance and how to, how to build fights and how to, with added stuff. Yeah. Well, let me ask this Is that something you want? Do you want like a tactician mode in your tabletop game? Like where it's it's balanced so well that if you don't use potions at the right times, it's no, you don't, no. You're not I don't want win. it to be. I don't want it to be a World of Warcraft raid where exactly. I'm, That's what I'm, I'm asking. Gonna have, I don't... I'm going to have to start installing DBM for ta- for Tailspire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't need that. I don't want that. I play WoW already. Um, I don't want that necessarily. But whoa, you sounded funky. Did I? Yeah, yeah. yeah your mic switched. Did it? Yeah. Is it broken right now? It's fine. It's just okay, louder good. than it was a second ago. That's really strange. Turn me down. Uh, I don't. I mean, you're still fine. It's just you okay. were quieter before. <laughs> okay, it'll be fine. But it's okay. It'll be yeah. fine. Everything will be fine. Anyways, no wow raids. No wow raids. But having, not all magic items have to be like increasing your damage no i want i think the idea of well this is one of my big points with Baldur's gate uh on my character sheet i think it would be really cool to have armor slots for each piece oh you want to be diablo you want to have a paper doll yeah i want to be like (laughs) i have gauntlets that give me this and a helmet that does this and a chest piece that does this and maybe it's Feet. That's how I can build up a couple of feet. 
to make my character a little bit more fun to play. <laughs> I mean, without, is it without because you're sacrificing looking to all your slots? ability scores. It's just, it's just like something to build for. Maybe like I'm getting this way because my character Saturn is starting to want to build magic items, <laughs> and I'm like thinking of magic items that would be really cool to have. And I'm like, ah, dude, it's also and just a cunt. Build, builds it or like gets it crafted and works towards it. It's a consequence of years of D and D where you find two magic items in the whole campaign. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You guys just found a whole horde of magic items. Yeah, in your campaign, yeah, we are pretty decked out. And it was awesome. <laughs> I was, it was sweet. Figuring We're pretty out decked out. Was. We're so friggin' strong in your campaign, it's ridiculous. It's fun. We're Baldur's Gate main character <laughs> like, strong. Like, it, it makes me excited for tough fights. That's why I want to get all the good stuff, because I want to do awesome stuff in hard fights. That fight yeah. at the end of uh the big long campaign with michael mm -hmm. we had all that awesome stuff and we were doing throwing so much dice around and i had a turn i did like six attacks in and i did it twice because he <laughs> gave me that motion that was an incredible it just makes incredible moments so in those moments you get to my imagine it helps my imagination run wild if I have more material to go, I can use this to do this and this to this and this adds with this and this and this and this can flare up. I just like the idea of go, 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 having combo. all the items, all the added items that I can go. My this item looks like this, and then I'm customizing what my I'm thinking in my head what all the armor pieces would look like and everything. What it does if there's a shimmer to the magic or something. Yeah. So one thing that I feel like is uh, sort of true to tabletop D and D from Baldur's Gate is the I'm gonna I'm gonna ins I'm gonna investigate all these corpses like yeah they got all yep. the things that they had on them which is like some yeah. bows and some swords yeah nothing like, uh okay I'll grab them all I'll yeah. find somewhere to sell them later in Baldur's Gate yeah you're just like a walking <laughs> trash can full of all the stuff you've picked up everybody just, like, just has bags of holding. Yeah. I'm just looking for one guy to buy 25 goblin bows <laughs> and five hatchets. I'm and, your man. <laughs> and you can always find that guy. He's like, I do need that many bows. <laughs> but in, in, in tabletop D&D, it might be hard to show up to a weapon shop and be like, what you need? And you drop 30 bows under the table and you go, think what you, do you can give buy these? these? <laughs> what do you give me for these? I'll give you a bulk discount. <laughs> And he's like, I, I don't really need any of these. <laughs> I don't really need this many bows, my guy. I don't think there's enough people that have bought a bow in the last five years to buy all these bows. <laughs> yeah. You're like, listen, listen, next time a revolution comes around, you'll be the guy. <laughs> or he's like, yes, I'll take all those and sell them to goblins. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a side business. He's like, look at all these goblin bows. This is incredible. <laughs> He gets found out one day. You're selling to both sides. <laughs> local local arms dealer selling to both sides. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, any anything else you want to top off on on uh, loot distribution from Baldur's Gate to tabletop? I think I'm some. I think I land somewhere. As far as like what Joe was saying, I probably land somewhere in the middle between where he's at and where you're at. But I'd be fine going that far as well like 
my personal idea of is it i don't need tons of super powerful magic items but ones that do cool things utility items or even items that don't serve any function but have but are cool to have just a collector's yeah. mentality you know yeah oh we got into yeah. a dungeon and i found this weird like like the cape that always blows in the wind that kind of stuff you know yeah. what i mean yeah it makes yeah. for easy wins. You you beat this thing and then you get something. And you go, oh sweet, I got something. Turns out one of their one of their trink one of the goblin trinkets was actually something cool, and it's like it, but it just does a little magical effect. Yeah, and I, I also really enjoy giving uh giving players items that don't seem like they're gonna do much, and then waiting to see if they find something some creative way to use them in some yeah. sort of pinch like uh, the first campaign i gave you guys at one of those like a necklace that if you put it on it chokes you yeah and i kept on waiting for you guys to try to like put that around someone's neck but it never happened <laughs> <laughs> i never think about forcefully equipping equipment to other people <laughs> when we had that necklace uh eric's bard was already dead so that was our torture <laughs> yeah <laughs> i could have used that um Oh, so back to what I was talking about, how the extra spells makes uh, sort of casting classes much more strong. Sorcerers specifically. Yeah. Uh, Quicken spell, I baby. feel like the way that they sort of balance that with the, the martial classes is both through the, the potion system, and also there are certain martial classes that get like, like you can have a rogue, a thief rogue gets, instead of like the normal thief stuff from the yeah. tabletop game, you get an extra bonus action. Yeah. Being able so, to cleave monsters and stuff too is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, if you have a big axe, you can just sweep guys in front of you. Yeah. So what do you think about somehow enabling characters to have either an extra like an extra bonus action or an extra like reaction? I love that idea. I love adding it. It may it would make your turn feel more substantial. It would you also, can do more. I'm see something like this where you're adding bonus actions and reactions. I think that this would be a harder thing to balance than magic items. It could because, be. It, it really depends on, I guess, the class and what they can do with yeah. their bonus actions. It's a, like, there are some, some classes that just don't have anything to do with bonus actions yeah. anyway. Yeah. But having multiple reactions or having multiple bonus, like definitely Vonic in your campaign could be considerably faster and better with two bonus actions and two reactions. Cause I have a ton of bonus action and reaction shit. So yeah. much of it. So having multiple of those just, it'd be what I do now, but it happened in one turn instead of three turns. So I was thinking about having like, again, if I were a wizard, I could try to make a spell or you could trade up try to, built it into a potion to where you take it you drink a potion or cast a spell or whatever and then you have not necessarily both but either two bonus actions or two reactions for a certain amount of, like for um, two minutes or five minutes yeah, or something i could see that yeah i thought that might be interesting something that's more of a consumable or a or a limited time kind of thing that could that could help balance cool. it you could could because what, as soon like as you turn it in potions in there yeah, some of the Witcher poisons and stuff. As soon as you turn it into potions and stuff, you can balance it with gold. Because yeah. those kind of potions, you're not going to... I mean, you might find some lying around, but if you want specific ones, you're going to have to spend your money on it. And that's how you balance anything like that. Balance yeah. with the economy. 
That's yeah. the nice thing about ha getting as much money as you get in Baldur's Gate is you can be like, I'm just gonna go blow a couple hundred gold and get some potions because I need potions. Dude, I've got so much gold at Baldur's Gate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have, I think, like 17k or something, and I just don't have anything to spend it on because, like, all the weapons and stuff. I'm like, that looks okay, but I don't need it. How much are the magic items in that game later on? Uh, well, I've only gotten to, to the end of Act Two, but like, uh, some of them are getting some of them are pretty expensive, but it's like none of them, none of nothing that I've seen on a vendor has been like, wow, I need that. It's yeah. all just been like, oh, I can see how you could use that. <laughs> I can see how you could make a build around because, that. Maybe. Because it's a video game, the vendors cannot have the best stuff. Otherwise, yeah. everyone would just go to a vendor and buy the best thing. Yeah. Uh, there's another implement thing that I think is very cool uh, rules-wise between uh -huh. from, from Baldur's Gate that I am considering trying to port over to the tabletop. And that is if you get knocked down unconscious and brought back up your next turn, you only have a bonus action. Are we doing, are we doing the exhaustion thing? That's uh, we are in Michael's campaign. campaign. Yeah. Okay. But even that's that. like, eh, that's not that big a deal, but like, because, because the way it works currently, you are more efficient, especially because most DMs are trying not to kill their players. You're yeah. more efficient if you wait till someone gets knocked down and then bring them up. There's oh, no negative for it. Yeah. yeah. Because the chances, like, if it's especially if it's a small heal, the chances that your small heal keeps them alive through another hit are not 100%. But your chances that well, a small heal brings them back up from zero are 100%. Yeah. It so does there's feel... No, there's no loss. I think that that's a... Uh, I think that that might be, like, a little bit of a revamp of how healing in D&D works. Because, like, I think the reason people let their friends go down is because, one, death is never imminent. Going down means practically nothing in D&D &D 5e. You know what I it mean? It could. It could, but <laughs> most of the time... Like, yeah, most of the time DMs aren't trying to kill their players. Yeah. And, oh. um... Also, like... If you're a character that's doing a lot of damage, but you happen to have a heal... And it's only going to heal for the one D8 because it's only level one. What's worth more? Me blasting this dude, potentially killing him, or wasting a round on giving my guy less health than he would get hit for next turn? Yeah. Yeah. You know it, I mean? And that's sort of the state of healing because if you do, too, if, you, if you make healing too strong, then it does become wow. Yeah. And you got one guy just back there going, like, pow, pow, yeah, pow. Yeah, I just healed everybody. And, which is kind Which, of what Victor did, actually, but not exactly. You know what? He was kind you of a what? spot. It was fun. That'd be fine. Yeah. If 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 to make D&D's healing feel a little better, it had to be a little more wow-ish. Because that's why healing that's why I feel like healing classes don't feel very fun because they're not they don't seem to contribute to fights in any meaningful way until very late in the game. I tell you what aura vitality made it a lot of fun yeah that was that's a good spell yeah but it makes level it so much better that i can that? that i can heal everyone it, uh i think it's level five as you get third level spells okay uh being able to heal everyone anyone at least one person every round yeah. with a bonus action instead of using an action and spending a spell 
Yeah. I only had to do it once. And I get to heal everybody for a minute. That's yeah. pretty... That's really good. That makes it... I just... I want... A little... I, it, it can be a D4. I just want a cantrip he, heal. Cantrip heal, yeah. So you can cast it. But if you did the thing yeah, where... Cantrip heal is like too strong. Like it's it's just... It's just too strong. But if you did the thing <laughs> where you could cast more than one first level spell per round you could cast a cure wounds yeah. and something else yeah or a healing word and something or else a healing, healing word bonus yeah. action. i really like that uh and as far as since we're on the topic of healing in in baldur's gate if you make a life cleric uh-huh. it's actually the the channel divinity is actually so much better because in tabletop you can uh, the way it works is you can restore a number of hit points equal to five times your cleric level across okay. a bunch of people. Yeah. But you can't heal them if, like, you can't heal them more than half their current hit point maximum. You can restore it. You can restore a creature to no more than half its hit point maximum. So basically, everyone's got to be on death's doorstep for that yeah. to, to be good. Yeah. And it's a thing that you can only use, like, two times before a long rest. So I feel yeah. like that's too not strong enough. And the way that it sort of works, or the way it feels like it works, I haven't done the math, but the way it works in Baldur's Gate is that it's it seems like it's, you, well, it just heals everybody. But the way I would remedy it to work on tabletop is that you cannot heal them for more than half of their hit point maximum. But it doesn't prevent you it doesn't from going cap. over. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't cap it. Yeah. So like if someone has... Half their HP. You 30, heal 30 HP... You can't heal them for more than 15, but it doesn't matter what it goes up to. Exactly. Yeah, I understand. That's a. I think that's a good compromise for that. It makes I, in it fact, feel a if anyone better. wants to play a life domain cleric, I will make that compromise with you because that <laughs> channel divinity feels so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it is rough, dude. Some of the cleric stuff. Poor clerics. Uh, but yeah, I like that a lot. A lot better. Um, the Yeah, the death thing. The, the being knocked down thing. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. it's a very good, a very good sort of compromise. Like, so it's not just like, oh, wait till he falls. I'll get him up in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> My but buddy over there. That, it's like, he's oh, dying. I got a bonus no action. I can do nothing. I can move and maybe drink a potion. Yeah. How it. many times do I? Well, I have a character that uses their bonus action every turn now, but I've played plenty of times where bonus actions and especially reactions very rarely get used. Yeah, and bonus actions in the tabletop game are, are even less helpful because, like, especially for the bonus attacks, you have to have attacked with your action to use a bonus attack. Yeah. Meaning that if you get brought up and have only a bonus action, you can't even use it. To you attack. can't even do your lesser attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking about implementing that. I like that a lot just because it makes... Allowing, uh, splitting the chain of command between the bonus action, having to have the main action and allowing and when you come up you can only have one bonus action instead of a full round action yeah just because it's like it makes it very i try to to make it a choice right yeah make it a like do, do i heal this guy and try to keep him alive before or because right now it's just like eh, it doesn't really matter if he drops i can just get him next turn yeah which feels wrong from an <laughs> rp standpoint like, oh, God, don't worry if you go that unconscious. <laughs> no problem. We'll let him get knocked out a couple of times. So I like that. I might I might bring that over. Bring a uh, concussion mechanic. Every time you go down, you're dumb for a week. Point of exhaustion is what we're trying in Michael's campaign. Yeah. And I don't, uh, 
It's been okay, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like we, we just don't go to down do that a few times. Yeah, we don't go down that much. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty pretty good. They all depends on died, the... apparently. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> almost. It so, really depends on the campaign setting is how much these things are going to work. Like if it's yeah. a survival gritty thing, then this could be really cool. But if yeah. it's just a normal campaign, probably just use the normal rules. But I do yeah. like that changes. I think it would be an interesting twist. I'm always up. This podcast has become Eric wants to play with new rules because Eric <laughs> knows all the rules and he's bored. That's what the podcast is going to be for a while, I'm sure. Why don't we uh, add this to the game? And how about this to the game? That's what this whole episode <laughs> is. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what that's kind of what we thought this one was going to be. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, I know. Um, the what was I going to say? Something about death. Oh, oh. So the way it currently works, both in Baldur's Gate and Tabletop, is well, no, not exactly. In for martial classes in Baldur's Gate and Tabletop, you can basically tell. And this makes sense. You can you can take your first attack, and if you have a second attack, you can decide where to put it after your first attack is done. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess. Uh, I mean, somewhat. In a in a six second act thing, I think that you probably have to anticipate where your second attack is going to for balance as you're doing your first attack. If it were real life, yeah. So I've kind of thought about toying with the idea of calling your your attacks before you do your first attack. Ultimately, I think it would be not great, but I'm thinking about having villains do it. Which makes makes going down, again, very dangerous. Because if if you call two attacks on the same person and they die from the first one... They're going to, yeah, they'll take a... That's two two death saves already. Yeah. So that could be interesting. But the big thing is, for most tabletop games, you don't have to call your, like... Uh, scorching rays, magic missiles, things that hit multiple targets. You don't have to call yeah. them before you before you cast them. Baldur's Gate, you do. You have to decide where they're going before you cast the spell. Yeah, because it it which it's makes the, sense. But I think that I think that the way the reason that that works in Baldur's Gate is because you can see everyone's health at all times. I mean, sort of, but it's so you're you, getting you a more educated guess. Tell, not an educating you're getting the perfect guess you go this well, does getting, on average a, this it's still a guess because you're because it's still dice right do you have to pick all the targets of magic missile yep i remember it's going and i mean and, and it's not like we don't go how are they looking and they yes. go he's yeah. looking really rough and then you go okay i'm sending one to him and two to that guy <laughs> yeah and certainly it is easier in ballers gate because if someone's at one health you have a guarantee you say, oh that's yep, a one, that is a guaranteed yep. death right there. Whereas yep. in, in a tabletop, he's looking real rough. That doesn't necessarily mean yeah. that one, one d four is going to kill him. Yeah, yeah. But that's how so, it should be. It's a guarantee. Should be a little harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what do you guys think about that? Calling like calling your both for martial and like for for spellcasters separately, but for both of them, uh, calling your either attacks or spells before you do the first one. I think that's fine. I, I don't think that affects martial classes all that much because you are kind of calling your attack before you swing every single time anyways. But well, I mean, like if because because level five, you get multiple attacks on lots of martial classes like you get two attacks as a fighter. I so you have to call that one, both that your one doesn't feel right to me. That one doesn't feel you right. Would yeah, smash a guy once. And if you saw that his head popped off, you'd be like, OK, I'm not going to hit him again. Yeah, well, the thing is, though, like in if you're 
if and Eric, you would know more about this than I think either of us would. But if you are going in for a like a, a one-two punch, yeah, your balance has to be in the right place for that second punch. You have to know where you're going, like a general idea of where you're going with the second punch before you throw the first one. Yeah, sure. You have to commit. Like if if you are full committing to a big haymaker punch, there's no you can pull out of it at the last but second I, though. You can okay. stop. Never mind. I changed my mind. I, I'm thinking about it. You can stop a kick, even a full power kick with enough control can be stopped before it reaches a target. So well, it if can be I stopped, but it can be, how easily can it be redirected? Is the question, right? Because you're going the, to, you wouldn't like stop your attack and just say, no, I'm not going to attack at all. You're going to try to hit something else. I could, I could understand a monk having this issue because they're fighting fisticuffs. But if I had a sword and I jammed it into somebody's neck, I would slash down. And if it got stuck in their neck, I'd have to pull it out. And then I'd go, okay, that guy's dead. With True, a sword. But, like, but a sword I can feel also like in, just within six cut. seconds. Within six seconds, like we, we talk, we, we try to, like, for narrative, yeah. we talk about what they're doing a lot. But yeah. in six seconds, to make two attacks, I think, I feel like you've got to yeah, know where the second you, attack is going. Yeah, you do. I don't do. know. Six seconds is a long time. But also, also you're moving in that amount of time, though, you're potentially doing another yeah, if, attack if, in that amount I'm, of time. If I'm in five feet of somebody. I can go smack, smack, smack. And that was three seconds. Yeah. It, 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 I don't think it's right. I don't know that it's right to draw parallels between real fighting and D and D fighting because there's oh, not a lot isn't. of, I'm just there's trying no to... <laughs> parallels at all. Like if I was, if I was, if we were going to sit down and be like, how would you fight five guys at once or three guys at once? It wouldn't be stand there and get hit and then <laughs> punch them. It would be like you, you get a couple hits on a guy and you try to maneuver the other people. You're just doing one big hit to knock someone away. Hopefully so that you can get yourself in between the second and third target so that the third target is behind the first target. And then that other guy, as he recovers, you just reposition and do big hits to like try to keep one person, try to keep as many people out of the fight as much as much as you can, and then position yourself in a way that the other people are behind the people that they're fighting with. That's how you would fight in a real fight. But that doesn't work in D&D because of um, advantage and... Just the way that like reaction attacks and stuff like that, you know, mm -hmm. there's not a lot of pushing and shoving. I mean, there is shoving mechanics, but it's never worth it in D&D &D to shove one guy away if five people are there. Because you, and, and even if it's just two, you shove one away, it's, you're at best you're shoving them 10 feet. They're going to come and attack you next round anyways. So strategizing in that way doesn't make sense in D&D. &D. You're better off just like. A lot of the time, unfortunately, you're better off just like being a big old beefcake and standing there <laughs> and eating damage like a tank. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> back to the original question. Sorry. How do you feel about either martial classes uh, and casters having to call their shots before the first one goes off? I think that I think that for like for like a fighter with two attacks, um, the full attack you get a full and like a little bonus one, like I do on my character, right? Uh, I right would, now, now you get you get two full and then a bonus. Yeah, I would say if it's a full attack on a martial attack class, they choose. So I get two attacks. I could take one big one and then turn and hit another one. The bonus action attack should have to hit whatever target my first attack hits. 
I don't know if that's actually how it works. It is, but that's how it. Should. I feel like if we were going to do this thing, the main attacks can hit multiple people. The bonus action attacks that are triggered by the first attack, or even if you remove the trigger, like we were talking earlier, the second attack, bonus action attack, has to hit the same target that the main attack hit. Because if you're committing to that second little jab, because it's a smaller jab, so you're using the bigger jab to like get them off guard so you can get a little small hit in, essentially. Okay. And then Joe already said how he feels. He thinks you should, should be able to call him, which makes sense, especially for D&D. I think... Uh, I think the only way to do it is is if you were like, okay, you have to call your attacks, but if you kill a guy, you get one attack back. Or if you kill a guy, your second attack can go to someone else. Because yeah. if I commit a huge hit and, and, it, I, and, and I hit him in the face, somebody, and back, I could hold up. If he's yeah, if he's if he goes down, I could hold that bonus action attack. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what do you, how do you feel about casters doing it for things like scorching? Rain I, think, I think I think that's sense. where it makes sense. Casters because you are committing to the move or Eldritch Blast, I guess as well. Eldritch Blast, Eldritch Blast feels di- no. Nah. If it it's multiple rays because, in one it, cast, it feels different because Eldritch Blast feels like something you'd go bam, bam, like you'd be pulling a trigger and shooting. Well, that's exactly how scorching ray works. Yeah. You shoot them out one at a time. Same thing with magic missiles. So magic they missiles hit, isn't they hit simultaneously. Roll, yeah, yeah, it's not an attack roll. They hit simultaneously. I think I think it needs to go back to that. Is if they're alive, you call your shot. If you if you if you have three scorching rays, you go. All right, I want uh, all three of them to go to this guy. You go boom, boom. Second one kills him. If the second think, one kills I think, them, I think if they all if they're not all shooting at the exact same time, the third one you should be able to go. Okay, I can curve it around and go to somebody how, else. How about this as a compromise? Just the, magic the, missile. <laughs> well, just magic missile. But if we wanted to extend it to like scorching ray, if you sent all three and two of them kill it, you get a save to move the last one in time. That would feel good too. Like a spell ability, like your spell ability modifier. Yeah, it, it's almost thing. like yeah, it's almost like a like a re like kind of like a reaction, or you could use your reaction to turn the last one to another target. You know what I mean? That way you couldn't do multiple. So if you shot five of them, good. you only have one reaction. Two of them hit and kill, and you're like, oh sh- shit! You turn it, and it hits the guy next to him. But you could you have to use reactions to do that. Power of the mind. Way to go. We got there. That's the one. That's the way to do it. That way you're at least still having to give up something. You could do that for the martial classes too to if you really that wanted last to. Attack to possibly hit. Yeah, you could you could absolutely do it for the martial yeah. classes and just make it a you know strength or dex based check instead. Yeah. Um happy with what that. I was gonna say that could that could work. Yeah. So something that's uh, that we were sort of we sort of brushed on there, but it's not really have to do with uh, with Baldur's Gate is opportunity attacks, which is a thing that everyone, no one seems to be able to find a good a good middle ground. And I I have I have a suggestion. All right. Hit me. Opportunity attacks are made with disadvantage unless you have like Sentinel. Yes, I would be willing to take that because it feels ridiculous. How can you ever choose to run away? And yeah. if two guys punched, were hitting your buddy next to you, and you ran, 
they're not going to go, I'm going to change my focus because they're focused on one enemy. And you could have, I mean, certain, I guess certain monsters could have a certain monsters. Could have, yeah, yeah. If someone has like a specific thing where like their whole thing is a reaction. Yeah. You don't limit them in that way. But for most other stuff, it, it definitely keeps you from moving around the battlefield in unique ways. I agree with that, but I also think that something needs to occur because otherwise yeah, freedom of movement is too someone. much. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Kiting doesn't really work all that well in D&D unless you have fly because most creatures move about the same speed. So you can run, but they can just catch you next turn. I guess if, you, if you had complete freedom of movement, they, if you were able to double run, they'd never be able to hit you. But neither of you would ever be able to do anything and it would just be pure well, cat and mouse. I mean, a rogue or a monk can just run in, hit somebody. Yeah run away and escape bonus yeah. action dash five extra feet <laughs> and then that's all they need to do well a rogue can already run in attack and get away with a bonus action right uh they can disengage with a bonus action but they wouldn't be able to get out of range right if there were no attacks of opportunity they could use that bonus action to dash instead does this change diminish rogues too much I don't know. That's a, that's a, I mean, if, if it's a disadvantage, then there's still a reason to disengage, particularly if you're surrounded by guys. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. even a disadvantage, if you're surrounded by five guys, chances are one of them's going to hit. They're going to cook you a burger. Uh, so I think that could maybe work. <laughs> yeah, I think it could, it could, it could be fine. The okay. disengage disadvantage, disengage or disadvantage opportunity attacks. Yeah, unless How about you disengage this? or have some disadvantage uh, with the called shots. I think with the called shots, you're calling a target almost, right? It's disadvantage for everyone except for your focus. But then we're just playing wow. <laughs> but if you limit it to a focus, like the last person you hit is the person you have focus on. The last person the enemy hit, they have focus on that person, right? And if you try to disengage from that person, they get a normal opportunity attack but the people, other people wouldn't. Yeah. These, these are like the, when we get into rules like this, it's like, <clears throat> I like the idea of these rules. Keep I don't track want to implement these. them. Yeah, that's, <laughs> a lot of, that's a lot of tracking. That's why it's like, you know what? Opportunity attacks at disadvantage unless otherwise that seems like something easy to keep track of. And then like, I think magic missiles only would be the one you have to call where all the magic missiles go before you cast it. Yeah. You don't want to do with scorching right now. I mean, it's fair because it's because it is an attack roll. It makes it seem like you have to do it a separate motion for each yeah, one. That's the thing. That's what, like what I was saying. With the... Seems like they just come out and go. Yeah, they come out and go. They all hit simultaneously. I think it even says that they hit simultaneously. I think so. Yeah. Um. What else? What what else? Other changes are there in? Uh... I don't know what else. I have honestly played so much less than you guys that the only thing I even had an opinion on was oh, uh, lock picking. They the oh, way they handle picking. it in in uh, in Baldur's Gate is if you fail, you lose your lock picking set. <laughs> it gets broken. Oh, they Skyrim it. That's another. But thing to lose. there's a million a lot of them. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. But in a in a tabletop game, it might be a cool idea because it doesn't make sense for oh you failed it you cannot do it now. <laughs> but I'm still <laughs> I can just try again. Uh, so yeah, if, if you're you, breaking your thieves tools all the time, that could get expensive. <laughs> yeah, but maybe it's like 
there's a threat. Maybe if you miss the DC by five or more, you break your 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 tools. Yeah, there you go. Maybe, maybe yeah, just you the threat of it is enough to make you be like, well, I'll try it once. And then like you don't get it. Like, oh, wow, I must have been close but, to breaking my tools there. <laughs> but like Joe said, if that became a mechanic, every time your rogue went into town, they'd be like, I'm going to go to the blacksmith and buy 100 lockpicks. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose but that could be expensive. What uh, what do let's take a look. What do lockpicks? A thieves uh, toolkit costs twenty five gold, but I don't know how much a lockpick costs. That's thieves tools is what it is. Well, um, that's like a full set. A lockpick is just one tool. Could you buy those individually? You would. You oh. would make that. That would be what your. Because what else does your thieves tools have in it? <laughs> Uh, well, locking requires multiple. I Unlocking think, a lock requires multiple. I think you have to leave tools. it at the twenty-five gold because that's yeah, how you balance it. Yeah. yeah, that way you don't have a bazillion lock picks. Unless, like in Skyrim, billionaire. That's how Skyrim handles lock picking. If you fail too many times, or if you are straining, it like breaks your little lock pick in half, and you have I to get that, another one out. That's what would give uh, rogues their shopping moments, right? Like, where magic casters have to go buy supplies, they can go buy their thieves' tools and yeah, stock up on them. Hey, your potions thing from earlier, like, you're, you wanted, like, elixirs and stuff to make martial classes a little more balanced with AoE and stuff, or make them whatever, like in Baldur's Gate, there's your alchemical set, if someone actually wants to use that damn thing. Yeah, you can craft your <laughs> I own. I swear yeah, I've, yeah, taken, I've taken I've taken alchemical kit like a million a times. times. Yeah, we've talked about potions a few times. Uh, which but that is leans fine, right but I think into that, it. that like what I was saying is those are balanced around being able to cast multiple spells, leveled spells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Round, yeah, so. for sure. Craft a poison yeah, for you your go. knife though. What? Craft a poison for that knife. That's like a similar stuff. Can you do that in D&D already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's rules for poison. Okay. okay, poison blades and stuff. Yeah, there's a poisoner's <coughs> kit. Poisoner's a, a, kit. A toolkit that you can buy called the poisoner's kit. I'm gonna <clears> buy that. You can, you can do that, and then like you stab someone with it, and they have to make a con save or take poison damage. I'm gonna buy that thing, and I'm gonna slowly kill one of the characters in the party over the course of like six months, and they're just gonna get sicker and sicker. I'm gonna I've kill them to flower moon them. <laughs> I've been trying to do. Spoilers alert. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to do that uh, in Michael's campaign, getting into poison stuff, but it's been been hard because there's nothing around. Well, I have those like sponges of poison; they're probably dried out by now. But <laughs> you could reconstitute them with some water; it's no problem, yeah. dude. Yeah, but yeah, I've been trying to like lean into that a little bit. You should have to. Um, you got to be like, I'm looking for plants now, dude. Poisonous plants is what I'm looking for. Poisonous I was, animals. Remember? Poisonous like, we found all those. We, oh we, yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah. like. What are the, what is this poison made of? And he's like, ah, oh, the minerals in the cave. And I was like, can I get some of those? <laughs> <laughs> cave mineral poison. <laughs> it's right. Heavy metal uh, poison. Heavy metal poison. Yeah. <laughs> bitchin. Just mercury. Mercury. <laughs> bitchin, dude. Sick. <laughs> I shoot him with an arrow full of mercury. He'll die in six months. Shoot him with an arrow full of black Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> Just rocks their minds so hard. Is our Aussie taste, mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's anything else, we can talk about it. But we are running up on our hour here. I think that's good. I think, yeah, we, I think uh, that was good. We talked about we covered all the things a lot I of things. To hit. Oh yeah, fantastic. And really, we kind of stayed in a general aspect of all the shit. Yeah, we, we only incorporated we only broke away a couple of times. <laughs> that's pretty good. We haven't. We we're, we got to get back on the horse. You know, this is just the first recording. Oh, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. And it's been, I think it's seriously been two months. 
It's been a while for sure. Yeah, because I fucked up the last one. My bad, everyone. You could have had an episode <laughs> last week. <laughs> but that one's lost to time. Lost Cra- to the internet ether. Yep. Craig deletes the recordings after seven days, and I didn't realize that my recording was corrupt until the seven days was up. Look at Craig's smug little face. He's like, I will delete this after seven days. I will days. delete this seven days. You have seven <laughs> I hate you, Craig. <laughs> All right, boys. Shall we end? That's it. We'll see everyone in two weeks, hopefully, is the time we'll see everyone. Um, <laughs> and we can keep this train rolling and get back on the horse and just keep going, baby. Hooray. Hoorah. Bye. See ya. See ya. Fuck off, Craig. Aaron's left. <laughs> Craig's still here. I disconnected. <laughs> Keep it.